On this week's episode of Behind the Spacebar, we are taking a look back at one of my favorite episodes that happened a long time ago at the beginning of the year. I'll be sharing some brand new thoughts and we'll be listening to the episode together. Hey everyone, welcome back to Behind the Spacebar. This is the podcast where musicians, uh, music directors, playback techs, really anyone performing on stage with Ableton Live. You may even be an artist that's looking to take your performance to the next level. Whoever you are, I'm thankful you're here, thankful you're part of this community. Uh, what we're doing in the month of December is we are looking back at previous episodes earlier in the year. We're playing back those episodes, listening together, and then I am wrapping up the episode um, uh, at the end with brand new thoughts you never heard before. We're staying on the earlier side of the year for these first couple episodes. Today, we're listening back to episode five, Stop Focusing on How and Start Focusing on Why. Funny story on this, I actually thought uh, I'm planning episodes for the end of the year and starting to look into the next year, and I thought, oh, this will be a great episode to talk about because I was so passionate about this. Uh, and I'll tell you kind of the phrase I used and the wrap up here um, after the episode. But I went to look back and I went, I think I've talked about this before, and, and I had. So that was episode five. So we're going to go back and listen to this together, and I want to encourage you to stick around to the end because this isn't just a replay episode with a brand new intro. At the very end, I'm going to recap this and share some brand new original thoughts. So let's dive into today's episode. Stop focusing on how, start focusing on why, and then make sure to stick around here in a couple minutes. I'll be right back with some brand new, fresh thoughts. Today's show is on something that I've seen. It's kind of a general trend that I've seen, um, I think, changing in the past few years. Uh, although it's a it's a old story, it's a story we've all heard, um, uh, you know, for many many years, and something that I think people have struggled with for many many years. Uh, and today we're talking all about fishing, uh, and you may know where I'm going with this if you start to piece two and two together. Um, but we're talking about something that I've seen, I think, definitely grow in the past few years as I wouldn't say a concern that I have, but as something that I think differentiates people that tend to be really successful playback techs, people that tend to be successful in uh, in a production field, in a technical field, even in a creative field, I think they kind of get this. Um, and so uh, here's here's the thing. I want to start at the, the really good part about this. Um, I think never before in history, and that's a, that's a bold, bold statement, but I, I think never before in a time in history uh, at a single place in the world, um, you look at the timeline of the existence of the world, I don't think have we ever been a society that's been so blessed that we literally have the answer to any question that, that we want at our fingertips. I mean, literally any single uh, answer to any question you have, you think of any question you have, you can find the answer to that. Um, on the internet. Um, if you want to learn something, learn a new skill, figure out how to solve a problem, the answer is a Google search away, and it's likely even free. Uh, we have a minivan, and I remember uh, a couple months ago, the seat in our minivan like got stuck, and it wouldn't go back up. And so we're like, well, that's it. You know, It's time to finally buy a new, new van. We're, uh, that's just the life we're living. That's what we got to do. And of course, after a little bit of Googling, my wife found uh, a YouTube video of someone that said, here's how to fix this backseat issue in a Honda Odyssey van. Uh, and we fixed it and it was completely for free. I, I know folks that have completely learned how to code, how to create and develop apps um, simply by just Googling, uh, watching a YouTube video. Maybe they even did pay to like join uh, a community, a course uh, to learn how to get better at something. But literally, if they wanted to learn how to program, how to code, to develop apps, the, the resources, the training are out there. Um, 
from studio to stage, we talked about this a couple episodes again, you know, we're a community focused on helping people learn how to run tracks like a pro, uh, focusing on helping people learn how to use Ableton Live on stage, you know, whether it's for keys to create a connected stage, uh, to control your production elements, um, to run tracks, whatever it is, you know, that's kind of the community that, that we're about. And so if you want to learn how to run tracks like a pro, you can go to from studio to stage and you can learn that. Here's the thing that's an amazing time. Um, but while this is amazing, we've all got to learn to fish. And that's here's what I mean by that. I think we all know the old saying, and I think some of you kind of knew where I was going with this. Um, we all knew the old saying, you can give a man a fish and feed him for a day, or you can teach a man to fish and you can feed him for a lifetime, right? Now, I don't like fish, so if you gave me a fish, I would starve because I wouldn't eat it. So it's not a great analogy. But we, as a society, again, I see this developing more and more, but I think we're kind of trained to do this now. We have a problem. We go to Google. How do I? Why is this not working? How to fix? How to learn? Blah, blah, blah. We search for the how. We're really good at that. Again, we live in an amazing time that we have amazing sources that um, that teach us the how, that that uh, give us the answers to that. But here's what, I, here's what I really think and believe. And I'm seeing this in my life, and I don't always get it right, and I don't always do it well, but I've seen this in uh, folks that I look up to. Um, folks that uh, I think are really good at their jobs and what they do. Uh, if we want to make an impact, if we want to grow, get a better gig, we've got to stop asking how. We've got to stop focusing on how. We've got to learn to ask why. Um, I think if we want to move beyond where we are, we want to grow in a skill. We want to master a skill to become an expert at, I don't know, Ableton Live, at songwriting, at recording it, running lights, whatever it is, you know, whatever you're, you're listening to this, whatever it is. Um, I think if we want to get better at that, we've got to stop asking and focusing on the how and asking, how do we do it? And we've got to start, um, asking, but all we've got to start learning why here's what I mean by that. I'll give you an example. This is hyper-specific to my field, to something I've seen, to content I've created. And so if you're, um, if you're not in the tracks world and you just happen to be listening, maybe, you know, I don't know why you'd listen to this if you're not in the tracks world, but if you are, then so thankful you're here. But um, if, if that happens to be you, this, this may be a little more technical, a little more in the weeds than you hoped, but um, I'll, I'll share an example. So there's this concept in um, using tracks and using Ableton Live that, uh, that I've taught a lot over the past few years that's called using a virtual MIDI bus. And in particular, on the Mac side of things, it's it's um, this this thing called the IAC driver. That's kind of the the ticket, the thing to to, to do that. Uh, in fact, actually, um, as I'm recording this tutorial, we have a tutorial tutorial going out on uh, what day is that? I think Friday, where I basically show three of my favorite kind of tips and tricks for using that. Uh, it's something I talk about a lot. You know, if you Google IAC driver Ableton, you'll you'll find. Um, mostly my content because it's something I've talked about for a very long time, talking about a lot more. Uh, so one of the concepts, one of the things you can do with the IAC driver, for example, is um, how do you get Ableton Live to, to stop? And that sounds like a silly thing, but you're in arrangement view, you have your tracks loaded in, you go from track one to track two, it's going to automatically just kind of flow. But uh, what if I want to have it go and then I want it to stop? Okay. So um, a lot of people Google, you know, how to get Ableton Live to stop, how to create a stop track or something, you know, whatever the terminology is that gets you there. Stop track, Ableton Live, IEC driver, MIDI clip, whatever. Um, they Google that and they get there. Well, you if you're if you approach this the way most of us approach it, you'll go and you'll watch that video and you will learn how to get Ableton Live to stop. 
and you'll in the midst of that you'll learn how to set up the IEC driver uh, if it's a, a tutorial I've done I'll talk far too long about what the IEC driver is I'll talk about how to set it up and you'll do that you'll learn how to create a MIDI clip and map it to the stop button and and that's great and those are all really good things and that's a good skill to ask but if you walk away from that and you you only approach that tutorial and you only learn how to do that one specific skill, then you only learn how to create a stop clip with Ableton Live. Um, but if you learn what the IEC driver does and if you understand why that works, you know why at the core of me taking this MIDI clip and routing it, why does it work that way? And then you start to kind of process and you think through, then you go, oh, okay, so the reason that works is basically like the... The MIDI clip I'm doing is basically functioning like a MIDI controller. It's almost like I'm taking this physical MIDI controller. Uh, you could see the the Oakboard Mini uh, uh, over my shoulder there as my camera tries to focus and get into focus there. Um, that's my favorite uh, MIDI controller. In fact, I just did a video uh, that's airing this week where I talk about that MIDI controller. It's my favorite MIDI controller. Um, I, I basically am creating my own kind of MIDI controller and I'm putting that um, in Ableton Live, and uh, but it's going to be a MIDI clip is the way that that's going to function and the way that that's going to trigger. So if I start thinking about that, then I can go, man, um, I wonder if I could turn Ableton Live's metronome on and off. And then I start thinking, okay, if I can map uh, my MIDI controller to Ableton Live's metronome to turn it on and off, and I just figured out how to create a stop clip and how to map a MIDI clip to Ableton Live stop, um, then I wonder if I could create another MIDI clip and map that to Ableton Live's metronome and turn that on and off just like I did a MIDI controller. Does that make sense how I got there? If I approach how to get Ableton Live to automatically stop, and the only thing I walk away from that particular tutorial with is how to do that specific thing, then I learned one thing, and then I was fed for a day to borrow the overused, much overused analogy. Uh, but two, if I look at that tutorial and I watch that tutorial and I go, okay, why does it work this way? What's actually happening? Uh, what's the, the the core principle here? What's the first principle that's at play here? And I learned that and I figured that out and I realized, oh, I can take a MIDI clip and anything that is in purple and live can be assigned to be controlled by MIDI. And I can actually create a MIDI clip in live and using the virtual MIDI bus, assign that to anything that's purple that can be controlled via MIDI. So I can create MIDI clips. Well, then if I need to control this thing and it's controllable by MIDI, I can create a clip, send it to the virtual MIDI driver and do that, right? Um, when we, we stop to think about the why and we dig deeper and we try to get to the core value, the core thing, um, then we start to add tools to our tool belt. We start to add um, uh, specific tools, specific resources so that if we encounter a problem in the future, then we can stop and go, um, do I have a skill? Do I have a tool that will help me learn this in the future as opposed to just solving one specific thing? So um, here's here's three kind of specific things, three takeaways I want to leave you with or three things to consider um, that I think will um, will help. And then we'll, we'll wrap up this episode. Um, so number one, when, whenever you encounter a problem, whenever you find a solution to a problem, I think both of those, like one, there's a problem, what's going on here? Two, you find the solution. I think so many times we find a solution and we move on and we, we stop to ask, why did the thing we did solve it? I see that a lot. And I promise I'm not going to go on a big diatribe here in a, a big soapbox, but I see this a lot with a lot of um, younger folks that create Ableton Live tutorials for YouTube. And that's something I've been doing for years. Um, and, and 
Um, I'll see a lot of times where they'll make a tutorial and they say, oh, you have to do this thing so that this will work. And just because I've done it longer than them or I've made more mistakes than them, I'll go, actually, that's not why it works. The reason it works is because of this. And that's a, a, a situation that they had a problem. They found a solution or they found a, a thing that solves it, but they didn't go that step deeper to go, why does it work this way? So when you encounter a problem, you find a solution to a problem. I want you to stop. I want you to dig deeper and ask why. Uh, why does it work? Okay. Um, if this works, then does this work? Oh, okay. Actually, both of these methods work. Well, which one's the, the the better method? Like if you're writing computer code, you know, there's a way to to write code and to um, develop something. Um, and then there's another way to write code and develop something. Both of them are working. So which one's the better way? Well, obviously the one that's the cleanest code, the least amount of steps is, uh, is uh, the best solution. The simplest solution is likely the solution that's, that's going to exist there. But I want you to stop. I want you to dig deeper, ask why, why does it work? Why didn't it work? Okay. Um, if something stops working and then suddenly it starts working again, that's never good enough for me. I hate solutions. Uh, raise your hand, leave, leave a comment. However, virtually you can do that. Let me know if you're like this in the sense of, uh, you have a problem, you find a solution, um, or maybe you don't find a solution, but you have a problem and then suddenly it just starts working again. There's nothing you did. There's nothing you changed. Um, there's, there's no structure that, that changed or whatever to solve that problem. It just suddenly started working again. I don't like those problems. I don't like those problems because I like problems that uh, I go, Oh, the reason this didn't work is this. The reason it now works is because of this. Therefore, in the future, I'm going to always make sure I restart my Wi-Fi. I'm always going to, uh, I'm going to build a checklist to make sure I plug my computer in, whatever it is, like kind of go through your thing uh, to figure that out and to process it and to make sure everything works. The second thing I would highly encourage you to do, and this is, I guess this applies to more things, but I'm going to make it very hyper-specific to the world of Ableton Live, the world of software, plugins. Um, for keys players, plugins for audio effects. We can even extend it to hardware, but I want you to ask the question, um, or I want you to learn the worldview of that particular software, that particular hardware. When I think about Ableton Live, what is Ableton Live's focus? What is Ableton Live's worldview? As a company, what is Ableton about? That's going to help me understand how and why they developed and created their software the way they did. Uh, Ableton is about creating software that's quick and easy. Uh, it's adaptable. They are, uh, they highly, highly value creativity, creativity over engineering, creativity over, uh, you know, a very specific kind of process They have to do this to do that. So for instance, with live to create a track, I hit command T, I create a track, um, to create an audio track, to, to create a mini track, command shift T, I create a mini track. It just works really, really quickly when it comes to warping. This is something, again, I'm getting hyper specific here, but when it comes to warping, that's something that, uh, I talk to people often and I say, what really helps with warping is understanding how live treats audio. I can just tell you how to warp a track and you're going to go, okay, but you're going to be frustrated because you're not going to understand why you have to do this. You're not going to understand this particular step, but if you understand the worldview, then you're going to go, oh, as long as I put the tempo in first, and as long as I have a click with my stems, as long as my, uh, when I have tempo changes, my click also has those tempo changes, I'm fine. There's no reason for me to stress there. You know, I don't have a lot going on. I don't have, um, uh, it's, it's just easy. And the reason it's easy is because I understand the worldview. So, um, Take a moment, try to learn to understand the worldview of that particular software, of that hardware. Is it built more for creativity, for fast work, or is it built more for fine-tuned work 
very engineered, uh, engineering driven, as opposed to more kind of creativity, capture ideas quickly. Um, what's it built for? And you'll understand, I guess, one, if that software is right for you and if it's the, the correct software for you or hardware, uh, or, or two, you'll understand how the next time you have a problem, how you may be able to solve that because you understand the worldview. Uh, third thing that I want to encourage you to do here is uh, pursue more than surface level knowledge. Um, I, I'm preaching to myself here on this. Um, I am someone who enjoys learning things. I enjoy learning why things work. I, I enjoy you know, going deeper onto things and on subjects. Uh, but I have learned the older I've got, there's only so much time I have. Uh, I have a family, I have a wife. I want to spend more time with them than I, than I do with Able to Live. Um, but uh, so I can't go really, really deep on everything. So I've realized I, I have to, it's necessary to be surface level at certain things, but I found that things that are very essential to my skill set, things that are essential to my workflow, I, I can't be surface level on. You've got to understand why something works the way it works. You've got to go beyond just plug this in, you know, do this certain incantation, snap your fingers twice, blink once and lift up your right leg. And as long as you do that, it's going to work. You've got to understand the reason it works this time and not that time is, is this, right? Um, that's going to be super, super helpful um, when it comes to, to going beyond just the how and moving more into the why. So again, I think um, to be successful, to continually get and keep the gig, uh, I think you need to move and shift from asking um, how and trying to figure out how something works and shifting and asking uh, why does it work the way it does. And I think uh, we'll gain a lot of that. And again, as a reminder, three things that will super uh, that I think will help us with this is number one, dig deeper, ask why, why does it work? Why didn't it work? Number two, learn the worldview of that software or hardware that you're using. Um, that's really going to help you understand how to potentially solve future problems or to understand why that problem happened in the first place. And then three, and again, I'm preaching to myself here, pursue more than surface level knowledge on things, go deeper, dive deeper, really ask why to really understand. Um, that's all I got for today. Um, but here's the thing. If you're finding yourself in this situation, if you're listening to this and maybe you're a little convicted and going, um, I've very much looked at Ableton Live at that surface level thing. Like uh, I am, I'm just kind of do my thing. I build it. No one touch anything. Uh, I know a lot of us kind of create and engineer these solutions and go, no one change anything. No one look at anything. Um, uh, and we talked a couple episodes ago about humbly confident, humbly curious. Well, this ties into that. That curious spot uh, is tied into understanding why. If you find yourself in the situation of, uh, uh, when it comes to Ableton Live, asking why, hoping to understand, looking to dive deeper, um, then I would encourage you to head to fromstudiotostage.com slash free. That is a one really easy, simple step uh, that's going to, it's just full of, of free resources, free tutorials, free downloads. They're going to help you get beyond surface level to help you go a little bit deeper. Um, and I think that's the first step for you. Now you may be ready to commit and ready to go. I'm ready to join a community that's going to help lead me along the way. Uh, if so, then go to fromstudiostage.com. Um, I'll include a link below that takes you right to the subscribe page as well. Uh, but just go to the site, check it out, see if it's for you. But I definitely would encourage you from studiostage.com slash free. You'll see all our free resources there. We have about running tracks, templates, um, uh, all, all sorts of stuff, uh, free tutorials. Those are things that are going to help you go from the how to the why, uh, to really kind of get going, uh, and using Ableton Live in a successful way. 
Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that episode. Like I joked in the beginning, um, I was sitting down to plan an episode and, and I came up with this title for an episode. I said, focus on this one skill to succeed. And I was gonna tease that out. And the whole episode was gonna be around uh, how versus why. And then I thought, oh wait, I think I recorded that. And again, I went back in the archives and I went, yeah, uh, January 31st is when I recorded uh, episode uh, five of the podcast. Stop focusing on how and start focusing on why. Um, I, I, that, the new title that I had for this, again, I really do mean focus on this one skill to succeed. Um, this is so important. And I know I said this last week and I'm probably the next couple of weeks going to say, oh, this is so important. But um, I, I see this as one of the big faults of people that have been doing this for a while, that have been using tracks for a while. Um, um, let's, let's talk tracks just in particular. I, I see a lot of people that have, um, in a couple episodes ago on the podcast, we talked about experience versus knowledge. That kind of ties into this as well too. But I see people that are particularly have a lot of experience that are kind of set in their ways. They're not embodying the humbly confident, humbly, humbly curious thing. They're not reaching in um, uh, into the humbly curious part, leaning into that. And what they're solely doing is they're just focused on the how side of things. They're the type of people I do this for some things, not all things, the type of people that just go to YouTube and go how to blah, 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 blah. And they learn a thing and they move on. Um, let me get hyper specific here. I'll, I'll just, you know, let's, let's be transparent. Um, so when I'm creating content for YouTube, when I'm creating content for courses, one of the things I, I do is I search and I try to find who else has created that content. And I try to watch every piece of content I can find related to that. And that's one piece of it, but the bigger piece of that is then to read comments of what people have said. And there's a couple things recently that I've been preparing for and I've watched tutorials and I literally, there's one topic where uh, I have found five tutorials that have recorded, been recorded in the past year of people showing how to set something up in Ableton Live. I'll just say how to set up network MIDI on a Mac that they tell people things that are completely incorrect. And in fact, they tell people things that will cause issues with their setup. And this bugs me as someone who's constantly striving for the truth. And again, that makes me sound holier than thou. But I, when I say I'm constantly striving for the truth, I'm not looking just for how, I'm looking for why. And what I mean is um, I'm, you know, figure something out and then I go, why does it work that way? Or why does it not work that way? And what I find so many of us do is we work to the point that we discover the answer to, to how, but we don't go for, far enough to get to the point where we discover why there's a problem with something and we say, oh, it's because the, the, um, my stems in Ableton were different sample rates. Well, I promise you, if you dig a little further, that's not the problem. You, you go, oh, it was because there's a bug on M1 Max that I needed to drop my buffer size. Yeah, it all makes sense now. So when it comes down to this, I, I, again, I think this is super important. I wanna encourage all of us to do this. I think, I will say, last week's episode is something I really struggled with. This week's episode, just to be frank, I think this is something I do better than most people that I know, is I try to strive to go past the how and I go to the why. Now granted, this is a one very small particular, you know, sound like Liam Neeson, set of skills. This is one skill set I have. I don't go beyond this when it comes to fixing my fence that I have to do at my house or changing the oil in my car. I just go take that to someone to do. Um, I just watch a YouTube video about fixing my fence. I don't go, you know, dive deep into it. So I understand it. But for this one particular skill set, um, I think this is something I do pretty well when it comes to music tech, when it comes to um, uh, diving into understanding why, something that really benefits me. So I just got a brand new, I, would get up and, and grab it, but 
you know, you're not supposed to have an empty frame. But sitting right next to me is a brand new MIDI controller that I just got. In fact, there's one over my head you can't see right now, but I got two brand new MIDI controllers in the past week. And um, one of the things I strive to do when I get a new piece of gear is I try to figure out the story that that gear is telling. And that sounds very mystical and very philosophical, but essentially what I'm talking about is what's the kind of worldview that the developers of this piece of hardware software had when they created it? And then how does that impact things? And when I dig to that sort of level uh, in thinking of products, it helps me understand why does it function the way it does? It helps me go, I wonder if I can, and I think about it through the scope, through the lens of that worldview, and then I figure out how to do it, which is super powerful. So I think as we head into 2023, um, one of the most important things we can focus on, again, please embody humbly confident, humbly curious. We talked about that last week, but I think this is one we can all work on uh, to, to strive to go past just simply how and to really dive into why. Now, if you're looking practically when it comes to Ableton Live, how to go past how and how to dig into why, you're not gonna find that on YouTube. And I post a brand new tutorial every single day on YouTube. I'm, I'm sold on YouTube. Like I don't know anyone that makes more content on YouTube than I do, maybe Gary Vaynerchuk, but other than him, it's, I, I make a lot of content because I believe in YouTube, but what you will not find on YouTube is a lot of why you'll find a lot of how, not a lot of why, but if you want a lot of how, uh, if you want a lot of why I'm confused myself on Ableton live, as well as the how, then head to from studiosage.com slash subscribe. It's a great, great way to end the year, um, to, to learn not just how to do something in Ableton live, but why. And this is gonna make a difference when it comes to troubleshooting. It's gonna make a difference in you hoping to get and keep a, a gig, because anybody can press spacebar, but there's a true art to performing live on stage of tracks. There's a true art to playback and doing it really well and doing it with flexibility and stability and doing it in a way that's efficient. And you're not gonna learn that on YouTube. Even from my content, it'll take you so far, but when I'm off of YouTube and I have a little more time and I can break things apart, I can really explain why which is gonna benefit you in the end. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, then head to fromstudio.stage.com slash subscribe again in the year strong um, and dive in and learn how to master Ableton Live for live performance. And again, if you're not ready to commit quite yet, like I said, I post a brand new tutorial every single day on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube right now, hit subscribe, enable the bell icon. If not, you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to this to this podcast, then head over to YouTube. It's just youtube.com slash stage and hit subscribe, enable the bell icon. You'll see when I go live. Join me next week. we got a couple more of these. Uh, next week, oh, this is gonna be a good one. We're talking about what to do when things go wrong. Um, you're really gonna love this. See you there. Uh, have a great week. See you next Monday. Take care, everybody. Bye.